The Lord is with you. And also with you. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, but the hired one who is no shepherd or no owner of the sheep catches sight of the first wolf coming and then runs away, leaving the sheep to be snatched and to be scattered by the wolf. That is because he works for pay. He has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me in the same way that the Father knows me and I know the Father. For these sheep I will give my life. I have no other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must lead them too, and they will hear my voice. There shall be then one shepherd and one flock. The Father loves me for this, that I lay down my life to take it up again. No one takes it from me, I lay it down freely. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. The commandment that I have received from my Father is this, and this is the gospel, good news of Jesus Christ. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. I was going to stand up here at the very beginning and uh, and say welcome. I made the decision not to say, not to mention any names specifically, because if I tried over the the last ten years to mention um, names, uh, I just I'd have to mention everybody's name um, that was a part, that is a part uh, of these ten years, and I could never do that. But I know that a number of you in this um, here, that are here today have uh, traveled great distances to be here, um, and I want you to know that this uh, community is um, really blessed to have you. Um, I, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to do during this. <laughs> um, there's one person, I'm going to mention one name besides the Lord. There's one person that's here uh, that if she wasn't here, I wouldn't be here. And so uh, I like, uh, for those that you who, who haven't, I'd like you to meet my mother. So many of you that are here that I uh, want to tell you what a, a privilege it is to be a part of your lives. There are those of you I've seen walk down this aisle. There's just so many things uh, and that, that I have been privileged to share deeply with you. And uh, that, that makes a man's life um, incredible. And, and that's what you do for me. I want to tell you something. Uh, I could tell you a lot of stories about my mother. Uh, 
get the, the, the emphasis off me. Um, one thing really neat about her is every year on my birthday, for as long as I've lived, for 52 years, on my birthday, my mother will always sit down and she will say, uh, always, she'll retell me the circumstances of my birth, where she was, what she was thinking, what she was feeling. Uh, this year it went, well, this time 52 years ago, <laughs> and uh, so on. Well, I want to tell you I'm my mother's child, so on this occasion of our 10th anniversary, our 10th birthday, I decided what I wanted to do more than anything is reminisce. I tried everything else and the Lord wouldn't let it happen. So let me just reminisce a little while, if you will. 10 years ago, strangely enough, I was in the hospital. Not quite for the same reason that my mother was, uh, but I, nevertheless, I was there. It turned out I had a, a, a pinched neck and I was um, in traction when the phone rang. And it was Joe Fiorenza, who is now our bishop, but at that time he was the chancellor of the diocese. And he said, uh, said to me, he said, uh, there's a new parish being formed in Northwest Houston and you've been selected for its founding pastor. And he, he said, I remember he said, I'm not sure the bishop will let you, but if he asks, is there a special name that you would like uh, to have? Well, I'll tell you, I never, I hadn't been a, uh, a pastor before, hadn't thought, ever thought about that. But totally without thinking, I just immediately came out of my mouth, good shepherd. So he said, sure sounds Protestant to me, but I'll... <laughs> I'll take it to the bishop, and sure enough, when he called back, the bishop said, well, as long as there's not a Protestant church too close with the same name, it's all right. So the next day, Joe did call me, and he said, well, am I talking to the new pastor of Christ the Good Shepherd? And um, so on April 1st, 1978, CGS, Christ the Good Shepherd, was officially born. Now, when you start a new parish, and I, this was totally new to me. They don't give you a manual, they don't give you anything. They point out a map to you and they show you the boundaries and they sort of point you that direction and say, God bless you, and off you go. For the first few weeks, I lived at uh, Prince of Peace. And as I mentioned uh, last week, um, I preached that first week on the first, that weekend of the first and second. I preached at Prince of Peace. The second weekend, I preached at uh, St. Edward's. And we had our very own first Mass at St. Bentford's on April 15th. So we were founded on April Fool's Day and celebrated our first Mass on IRS Day. I'm not sure what that means, and I'm not sure I want to. Nevertheless, that's our history. Um, some of you have heard me tell this story, and this just came to my mind. I, I remember so well um, that first morning, it was the first. The first was a Saturday, April 1st, and I was standing at Prince of Peace, and I went downstairs. Father Dover was sitting at the table. A lot of you know Father Dover. He's, he's, he's quite a character. And he was sitting there, and he was reading the morning paper. And he said to me, uh, he, he was just reading away and he didn't even look up. I sat down, you know, and he started laughing. And he said, Ed, let me read you your horoscope for the day. <laughs> and you know what it said? Whatever you do, don't start anything new today. <laughs> I 
promise, I promise. <laughs> so, so much for belief in horoscopes, okay? I remember our first Mass at St. Benford's um, as if it were yesterday, honestly do. I was just sitting down, and this has been such a reflective time in my life. Um, there had been a group of people that had been praying that a parish would start in this uh, area of the diocese. And the same group uh, not only prayed us into being, but they came to Benford and they had absolutely everything set up for me. Everything. They had, and they had all the ministers, they had flowers, they had musicians. All I had to do is walk through the door and celebrate the, the, the very first Mass. They had everything ready to go. And I remember as I was standing there waiting for that Mass to begin and waiting for the people to come, I thought, I wonder if anybody's really going to come. I can, <laughs> and you don't know, you know, I preached at the two parishes, but you, you really wonder, is anybody going to come? Well, they started coming in the door, and they came in, and they came in, and they came in, and they filled the place. And I, I, I was really overwhelmed by that, and I thought to myself, well, maybe they're all coming tonight because this is our very first Mass, and they want to be a part of that very first Mass. But the next day we had three Masses, and it was the very same thing. And um, it was incredible. And let me tell you, not only did they come, but there was a spirit, and there was a joy, and there was an energy there that was present then that I never, ever experienced before. And this has been a deep and lasting part of Christ the Good Shepherd, of this community, from the first Mass we ever celebrated to this Mass right now. There has been a, a character, an energy, a beauty, um, something that people feel when they walk through the door. Uh, just this week, and I guess you've been reflective, uh, a number of you, uh, because just this week a lot of you have been telling me stories from the beginning, and, and uh, somebody was reminding me um, um, of, of a service that we had one time, and I had it together with a Protestant minister. And he walked through the door, and he was with, I think, his wife or his mother, and he was a, a um, head of a very um, fundamentalist uh, Bible, uh, beautiful, beautiful man, uh, church. And he, just as he walked to the door, he, he turned and he turned to his wife or uh, mother, whoever that was with him, and said, this is a spirit-filled church. He felt it the moment he walked through the, walked through the door. And that is the difference. That is the life of this community. And that is what has always been the life of this, this community. This church, this community, us, we are spirit-filled. Eventually, if some of you from those days remember, we moved from St. Benford to Our Lady of Streck. Now, 
St. Pepper, you don't know, if you weren't here then, you don't know what a joy that was. For the first time, you could almost get, almost get all of your backside into one chair when we moved over to the middle school. And, and somebody else was saying this week, you quickly learned that you sat on the other side of the table so you could lean across rather than the seats in front with that table digging into your back. But no one ever complained. With all the things that were happening, no one ever complained. And I'll never forget, you know who was in Denver at the time was Wildwood Baptist, right around the corner. And that very first Sunday that we met, they were meeting and they were lifting us up in prayer. I mean, think of that. That God couldn't help bless this. That the Baptists are praying for the success of the Catholics, okay? Now, if, particularly if you grew up in Houston, that in itself is a gorgeous miracle. And then we had the privilege of helping Jewish Community North get established. And beautifully, and we were lifting them in prayer as they began. And we've got a close relationship with all of these, and, and the Lord blesses that. We're all his children. We're all his. And we celebrate that in this community. And well, pretty quickly, we bought a home in Wimbledon. And the reason why we bought it in Wimbledon is because that's where our, our acreage was that the diocese told us we were going to build a house there. Um, and that home was our office. Um, it was the rectory. It was our chapel. Uh, lots of memories there. I remember the first confessions that I had uh, for Christmas. And I was by myself, of course. And I walked out and... The whole house was filled with people. And I looked out the window, and the whole front yard was filled with people. And so I ran back to my little canon law book, and I found out if it's an impossible situation, you can give general absolution. <laughs> And I really, I really thought the, the house, if it, some of you had a balcony in, inside, and I stood in the living room and I thought, gosh, these people are going to probably really be disappointed. No way. They loved it. So what I did is I gave everybody gen, general absolution and shoved them out the back door and then brought the whole front yard into the house, gave them general absolution and shoved them out the back door, and then I got in to start hearing confessions for those coming. I'll never forget the first guy. Now, this I'm not telling this confession, because this was, as he was walking up, he said, story of my life. I'm always one too late. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> Well, in that house, we grew, and we grew, and we grew, and finally, we had to grow up on 1960 and rent some office space, and that's where the RE department, remember the first meeting, do any of y'all remember the first, gosh, I, you know, that was the only time I ever saw you really hostile. <laughs> we required you to come to an RE meeting, a parents meeting, and I think there were 500 of you, and that room held about... 20, you know, and the, you were not happy people that night. I, re, I remember that very well, but you've always been very understanding and very forgiving. And finally, we had a building committee going during all this time, and, uh, and this committee was planning and praying and, um, uh, on our church home. And the first, very first thing we had to do is look for a new piece of property. And the reason why, two reasons, that the property in Wimbledon didn't work, 
Uh, one is it flooded, uh, and that was a good reason. And secondly, they didn't have any access to it. And to get access to it, we were going to have to buy property, put a road in, maintain the road, and it was going to cost us uh, 350 to 400,000 to do that. And uh, so we ended up buying this property for half that amount. The property on Loretta at that point was even getting really expensive. So that kind of tells you why we're sort of down in this part of the parish. Originally, we started out to build in the center of the parish, but we ended up uh, sort of on the edge down here. Then the Lord gave us the design for this magnificent structure. A building that, that to me, and, and, and I've heard a number of you say, raises us up to God. It just gives you that feeling of being raised up to God and also a feeling of God coming to us. A beautiful meet of God in us and a celebration of that. It's, it's supposedly tent-shaped because we as Christians, we're to be pilgrim people. And it's supposed to be a symbol that as nomads, as shepherds, we pitch our tent, but we never firm ourselves. As Christians, we're always moving to build God's kingdom, and therefore the, the tent. A million and a half dollar tent, I'll admit, but a tent. <laughs> uh, and that's beautiful to me. And, and I can promise you that did not come out of us to this day. It was God's gift to us, and God wanted this building built. So on June 7th, 1981, our new church home was dedicated. Um, some of this, uh, another person this week was reminding me of something the bishop said at the dedication, and he said, um, this is a magnificent building, but it's going to be living out your lives here that's going to make this building a home. And that's very true. We've baptized here. We've celebrated Eucharist here. We've confirmed here. We've married here. And we've buried here. We've been hurt here. And we've been healed here. We've ordained here. And we've celebrated his spirit magnificently here. We've heard his word. And we have received his prophecy here. We've lost our faith here, and we've found our faith here. Many have grown up here, both physically and spiritually. We have wept, and we have rejoiced here. Indeed, we have lived here, and it has become our home. Think about it. All that has happened, and all that have been touched, during these 10 years, some have stayed, many have gone, others have come and brought their own beautiful and unique gifts, challenged us, and helped us to see ourselves for who we are. I have always felt that Christ the Good Shepherd was a place for freedom. This has always been very important to me and something that I firmly believe that God has called us to. I think this is a Christ of the Shepherd is a place for freedom. Freedom to be whoever God is calling us to be, both as individuals and as a community. And that's why I've never felt 
that we should have a folk mass at this time, or we should have a slow mass at this time, or we should have a, a charismatic uh, mass at this time. I've never believed in that. What I believe in, and what I believe God is asking here, is that all of us come together as God's people, and that we all give that freedom to one another, to be who we are, and to worship as we are, and to be involved, not only in worshiping God, but to be deeply involved in each other's lives as we, our own unique selves, truly are. And I think that's God's gift to us in this community, that gift of freedom, that we don't demand anybody or God or any person or any worship or any music to be anything other than who we are and what we're about. Now, I get caught up in that at times, uh, you know, and you may as well, but that is what I believe. He made us and he calls us, and we are to respond in God's freedom. I believe that today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, for every Christian is absolutely the most exciting, vibrant, beautiful time to live. I believe with all of my heart that every Christian ought to be on fire. I think we have not, being a Christian has not been as exciting in 2,000 years in our founding. We have every reason for optimism. And what I really pray for, for myself and for all of us, is a deep and caring openness of mind and heart. Because I believe that God is moving us in a direction that we've only dreamed, dared to dream of. I think we've got to let go of all of our... Um, preconceived notions of what God ought to be and church ought to be. I think we've got to let God tell us who we are and what we're about and let it happen and have the courage to let that happen. And if you'll do that, if we'll all do that, you know, to stand back, if priests will do that, if, people, if all of us Protestants, Catholics, Jews, all of us stand back and just let God move us. It'll happen. It'll happen. It takes great courage. Without it, I, I firmly believe we need to get excited to this. And I think we must all stand before him naked and say, Lord, you tell us we're here. After all, let me tell you, it's his vision that we're about. So things are and not ours. His vision. And so let go and let God. Here at Christ the Good Shepherd, we have um, come a long way in these 10 years. Um, it's God's place to tell us whether they're um, uh, who we are to be in the years ahead. I can only tell you that I am very, very proud to be your pastor. But even more so, I am proud to be your friend, your fellow traveler on the journey. And what, is the, and what is the Lord's vision for all of us? What is our united task right now and in the time ahead as his community of believers? Again, I have to say that it's the Lord who must tell us. And I believe that he has. So in conclusion, I'd like to just jog your memory a moment as the Lord speaks to us again today. Um, 
Some of you that were here a little over five years ago, and uh, this, this, what I have to say to you in conclusion, please, you must hear what the years of faith and the heart of faith. But some of you remember that the Lord gave us something very special. And he spoke, and he's still speaking the same message. I was in my office, and this has only happened to me twice in my life, and uh, I, can't, I can't describe. To this day, I can't describe it, do you? Without emotion. If it's heaven, if it were a taste of heaven, folks, we got the best waiting for us that yeah, there's no way to imagine it. I was in prayer at my desk, and I was literally lifted out of that chair, and I've never experienced such joy. And I, if you remember, I, the only thing I remember is that my hand was writing. I had no idea until I was through, until the Lord was through with me. And if you want to know where I think the Lord and what his vision is for us, I think he's told us. And this is what he said in the prophecy he gave to this community. He said, these are his exact words, I have graced this community more than they can imagine. Strong. I demand more of them in return. I will no longer tolerate less than more from each of them. This is my kingdom and these my people are to be light wherever there is darkness. They must turn from themselves to me in deep and sincere prayer. I have gifts waiting for them beyond their wildest dreams. I am gracing them. The doors open before them. Call them through. Tell my people not to be afraid. They walk in the power of my love. That's God's words, his vision our task, and indeed, it is before us. God bless you, and happy anniversary. It's his faith and his gift to all of us. Let us proclaim that faith together.